Next on BYU Sports Nation, good teams find a way to win. BYU moves to 4-0 for just the eighth time in program history. ESPN's Trevor Maddich returns for another Maddich Monday. His number one concern for BYU moving forward. Plus the latest top five non-P5 power rankings. Beware the Pirates. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. 4-0. That's how we begin. BYU Sports Nation back to work on your radio, television, and other media machines presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Monday, September 22nd. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Captain Jack Sparrow's right-hand man, Jerem Jordan. Assistant to Captain Jack Sparrow. Fair enough. Yeah. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. Captain. So I heard something over the weekend that I laughed out loud at a few times, actually. Just one thing? Well, I heard a few things I said, but this, okay. is, this is one of them. All right. And it dealt with Scott Arlano, the BYU punter, mm-hmm. upon going into the press conference room, sat down and said, quote, I didn't even know this place existed. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag uh, punter problems. Oh, what a game. We How about the punter's the, a weapon? We named him the game changer in the postgame. That's the first time we've ever had like a non-Taysom Hill-Jamal Williams reference in the Game Changer. The punter <laughs> was the Game Changer and well-deserved. Riley Stevenson was a second-team All-American just a few years ago. It appears that BYU now ago. has a weapon once again with the punter. Hey, hey, hold on. One game. I would like to see more out of Scott, but he's got talent. Yeah. Let's be consistent before we crown him all-American, homie. Well, we saw him last year do some good things. This was just like, whew. He didn't stick out. He did a good job. I, I wouldn't say like, oh, yeah, Orlando's going to kill it. You know, like, he killed it Saturday. He was fantastic. Bronco Mendenhall giving him. He didn't have him, to go 55 yeah. per punt to be, I mean, that's unbelievable. That's the first thing Bronco Mendenhall mentioned in his postgame. Scott Orlando was fantastic. Okay. How many times do you start with the punter? When you win the game by eight, that stuff's really important. Field position. It really is. Join our conversation 24-7 using the hashtag BYUSN. Stop what you're doing. Okay, I'm stopping. BYU quarterback Taysom Hill is the Offensive Independent Player of the Week for the fourth week in a Woo! row. And Scott Arlano is the special teams player. Four, four weeks in a row! Hey, hey Todd Wood, <laughs> BYU Sports Nation fan, got me some new goggles. Now, I don't know if anyone can handle these. I'll describe them for you before I put them on. Let's just say they're the BYU to the playoff goggles. Oh, BYU <laughs> in the playoff! These things are huge, man. Wider than my head, for sure. That's really The, the that's regular really ones big. I've been using are the, oh, New Year's 6, undefeated. That's, that's what these are. those are, right? Hey, sh- shout out to yeah. the ginormous BYU Sports Nation blue goggles. Yeah, Todd, well, <laughs> these things are ridiculous, <laughs> man. Oh, my goodness. Woo! Join our conversation 24-7 wow. using the hashtag BYUSN. Start it off. With today's Twitter question. What's your biggest takeaway from BYU's win over Virginia? Hashtag BYUSN. At Skirts91. That even with only 17 minutes of possession, we can hang 41 points on a team. Our offense is for real. It was 19 minutes, but but close enough. Honestly, that's my biggest takeaway. That was 41 points, 19 minutes of possession. Mine mine is that BYU's 4-0 despite playing a different kind of game. 4-0. The means are not as important as the end. Remember that style points conversation? Can we stop with that? It's so hard just to win the game. Put the pedal down. Yes, 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 yes. But it's hard enough to win. 
Don't be disappointed when you win. What if Virginia's like eight and four you at won. the end of the season? You know, that's like, oh, that's. I don't even care like how good, they fare. I want them win. to do well. You can't control that. BYU can only control if they win or not. They won the game. Win with style. BYU Sports Nation simulcast and beautiful radio vision on BYU Radio, Sirius XM Channel 143, and on BYU TV. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Good teams just win. Good teams find a way to win. We play to win the game. And BYU has done that. They are who we thought they were. Four for four. Yeah. Here's what's incredible about this. Statistically, Virginia dominated this game. Oh, BYU got outstatted hard. 40-plus minutes of possession to BYU's 19 and change. 519 total yards. Who cares about time possession if you score more? Who cares? 519 to BYU's 332. Yeah. BYU's, BYU's D gave up a, I mean, 102 plays for Virginia to 62 for BYU. 40 more huh? plays. I thought BYU was a 100-play team. Isn't that crazy? 35 first downs for Virginia. 16 35. for BYU. BYU couldn't get off the field on third downs, not to mention 12 penalties, six of which yielded first downs for Virginia. BYU shot themselves in the foot several times with that. Yes. I'm not going to sit here and complain, though, when BYU wins a game. Can they play better? Can they win by more? Yes. Yes. I get it. BYU is 4-0, people. It's only the eighth time in school history that's ever happened. We'll talk to a guy coming up who did it twice. Trevor Manich, 79-84. and 84. Penalties, 12 for one third. You know, I'm just going to stop because you know what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> they won. BYU got outstatted, as Jeremy has dubbed it, and won. They did win in three categories. Turnover margin. Oh, 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 oh. Jaron Jordan. Who called that bold prediction Jaron Jordan did. That BYU would be plus two. Two takeaways for Brigham, zero for Thomas Jefferson, and BYU wins 41-33. Go back to the grounds in the Commonwealth. With a loss. Brigham, greater than TJ. <laughs> the Commonwealth. Nice. Turnover There's margin. Like four states, you can say that. They win in turnover margin, special teams, and more, most importantly, scoreboard. Whenever, whenever you say special teams, I think of Ralph Wiggleman. I'm special. <laughs> Ralph, you're going to well, play Well, they were. Special I mean, Adam Heaney, 99-yard kickoff return. Scott oh. Arlano had the game of his life. Devon Blackman, 25-yard yeah. punt return. Money. This Money. Is- BYU is grade A. This has been the season of breaking trends. The latest trend for BYU to well, it's to break was the Virginia scored first. BYU was down at halftime. Oh, no! Oh, no, you're down three. Like, it's all good. Virginia got tired. They looked gassed at altitude. I thought the BYU ran them, ran them out of the stadium. You could see that. And I asked Bronco about that in our one-on-one. How much of a difference does the elevation really make? And he said, oh, it's noticeable, but, but not much. But he did say late in the game, and I noticed that. Yeah, Virginia BYU couldn't run the ball in the first tired. half, and then they could in the second. What was different? I'm telling you, they, Virginia got a little tired. Conditioning BYU plays into it. By the way, Bronco Mendenhall, 13-23 and 23 in his career at BYU when his teams are trailing at the half, and that includes Saturday's win. 13-23. and 23. Just find a way. That, trailing by how many? That, I don't know about that stat. My point is, they just find a way. Like, all these different things stack up against BYU. Nope. Win the game. And they learn through a win. Got a lead, never give it up. So what do they learn? Certainly, the need of a pass rush is at the top of the list. We're not hitting the quarterback frequently enough, nor are we making plays on the ball downfield in critical moments. So the combination of those two things allowed um, Virginia to keep the ball or stay in the game. 
Uh, paging Bronson Kafusi. Yes. Bronson Kafusi. Uh, hashtag bye week. That's what I've been telling my wife this week. Because uh, there's no game. So she's like, oh, sweet. A little more time at home. But besides that, get healthy. Get healthy. Bronson Kafusi is needed in the pass rush. He's really needed. Michael Lisa is doing a good job. He's almost there on many plays. He made some great plays against Texas. But Bronson Kafusi has a specific need on this team, and that is to get to the quarterback. BYU, the last two games, doesn't have a sack, right? Yeah, no I don't believe they have a sack. The last two games. And there's a lot of plays being run. And B, uh, one, this one, courtesy of the Rise and Shout podcast, saw this tweet. 111 passes from BYU, uh, Houston, and Virginia, and zero sacks. More pressure, baby. There's a difference between like getting to the quarterback. I thought BYU did a decent job, especially in the second half, of doing that. Forces a pick when Dallin Levitt pressures Grayson Lambert and Rob Daniel comes up with a pick. But actually sacking the quarterback is going to f- create a third and really long to where that P.I. hopefully doesn't happen like it did against Virginia. Paging Bronson Kafusi? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did see pa- him on Saturday night. Pa- like, Can't you just call him or text him? Like, Does it really need to be a page? No, because it sounds better when it's paging. Okay, are Regardless, we in the airport? I talked to him on Saturday night, and he said, I was really close to playing. Bronco said, well, we saw him drop back and warm up, and thought, you know what, it's, it's not going to happen. Tickety see. He'll be back for Utah State. They're 4-0. Bronson's back for Utah State. Isn't that nice? Given Absolutely. Given the injuries that have happened, they're now starting to stack up a little bit. Jordan Leslie, uh, high ankle sprain, went out of the game, BYU's money receiver. Algernon Brown, still out. Limped off the field against Texas. Uh, BYU needs him. BYU needs him in the pass game, uh, blocking, rushing as well. So BYU is not 100%. Nick Kurtz, of course. Is he going to make it back for Utah State? Who knows? Uh, Brayden Kersley didn't dress. Uh, Marcus Johnson came off the field. Uh, there's some injured guys. This is a beautiful time for BYU to have a bye week. Yes, Folded, underlined. In 1984, BYU had its bye week after week four as well. Off of a five-point win at Hawaii. Here BYU is. Oh, you're comparing to 84? I hear you. What's up? (laughs) It's interesting that those uh, link up that way. 12 penalties for 133 yards. Obviously, that allowed Virginia to continue with many drives and hold on to the ball. That's one side. Then there's the side of BYU made some plays on offense that were negated by, well, in a word, silly penalties. Virginia was a great defense, but when we had drive stalls, it was, it was because of uh, silly penalties on, on our part. I can't think of a better word to describe. I thought Taysom summed that up perfectly. Silly penalties. I want the coaching staff to use that exact adjective. Hey! DeAndre Wesley, that was a silly penalty! <laughs> silly! <laughs> I want them to use that word. That'd be awesome. You called me a silly goose last week. Yes, I did. <laughs> Making fun of that phrase. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Was it the Rise of Jump podcast that also said only I, hashtag I only so. at BYU? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. 12 penalties, 133 yards. I'll tell you what, <laughs> that many penalties and penalty yards make it very, very difficult to win with style points. Would have liked to, and we had a number of opportunities just pull away, and we, we aren't capable yet of being able to do that, but um, we are capable of winning games. And so. Um, I'll smile while we work on it, at least for now. But there's some urgency to make sure that we can pull away when we have a chance. Yeah, the smile is on Broncos' face because they're learning while winning. 4-0! Yet I sense some hesitancy in BYU's team right now to, to say, you know what, when we're playing at Central Florida, it might not be the same. When we're playing at Boise State, that result may not happen if we play like that. Again, I think that's the concern for BYU. Be happier 4-0. But you, I don't know that you can play that way and win at Boise State and win at Central Florida, UCF. Or even at California. 
California, Cal should be undefeated. They lost on a Hail Mary to Arizona. Can these other teams on BYU's schedule hook a brother up? For goodness sake, Utah State lost at Arkansas State. Cal gives up like 80 points in the final four minutes to lose. <laughs> like, what the heck? They were SMU to BYU in the 1980 Miracle Bowl. Making me so frustrated. Good BYU's grief. strength of schedule is being questioned, then everyone loses. 4-0! That brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Eight. This is only the eighth time in BYU history a team has started 4-0. Just the eighth time. And we've mentioned it. Just three times since 1994. So congrats to BYU. BYU, the Ocho. 4 0. <laughs> nice. What's your biggest takeaway from Deportes. BYU's win over Virginia? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At BYU underscore Rise and Shout. Oh, speaking of, the BYU defense is vulnerable and needs Kafusi back pronto. Yes. Snap of approval of that. Yes. At Ryan Lewis Cooper, pass defense needs to be tweaked and assignments cleaned up, but being awesome, 4-0, is awesome. By the way, Jason Beck just retweeted his wife, the quarterback's coach, expecting twins. Oh, wow, fantastic. Awesome. They have one kid. Uh, his wife is a former BYU soccer player. All-American. And so they're signed up to play in, what, 2032 for BYU, I think? Jamie Rendich. Twin boys, Beck. yep. Congrats Con- to them. Yeah, congratulations. Also, they're 4 That was their have biggest we- takeaway from the Virginia game. Have we, mentioned that, that, have we mentioned that BYU's 4-0? Like what? 17 times? Wait, what? <laughs> what? Up next on BYU Sports Nation, Trevor Maddich of ESPN joins the program for another Maddich Monday. What's his takeaway and what's his number one concern moving forward? Oh, no concerns undefeated. Oh. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan on a Monday from Studio B. At BYU Broadcasting. If you don't already, follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Tomorrow night, Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, one of the best hours on television. After further review, Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, Brian Logan, David Nixon will break down what happened against Virginia and look ahead to Utah State. It's after further review, Tuesdays at 8 Eastern on BYU TV. Our Twitter question today What's your biggest takeaway from BYU's win over Virginia? Use the hashtag BYUSN to reply. That said, we welcome in Trevor Maddich for another Maddich Monday. Trevor, I don't know many games that BYU has played. In fact, I don't think they have ever played a game where they've only had the ball for 19 minutes and somehow scored 41 points. What, that that yeah, was my it, biggest takeaway. What was your biggest takeaway? Yeah, well, that, my biggest takeaway was that the defense couldn't get off the field. Usually if, if a team in a BYU game runs 102 plays, it's BYU that runs the 102 plays. But in this case, it was Virginia, and BYU just couldn't get them off the field, man. And so that was that was the thing that surprised me. Why couldn't BYU get Virginia's offense off the field? Because they just ground it out. I mean, their third down efficiency was very good. Virginia had 22 third down attempts. They uh, converted almost half of them, and they were two for four on fourth down. So when the opportunities came, Virginia just converted. And then penalties hurt as well. Times when BYU could have got them off the field, they had a penalty. So just one thing after another, and that defense was on the field forever. It's a, it's a good thing they have to practice against their own offense because otherwise they would have worn down. 12 for 133. How do you begin to address the penalty situation if you're the BYU coaching staff? You know what? The, the penalty situation is, is horrible. It's something that could really hurt this team down the road. Uh, I am impressed that BYU was able to 
win games, go 4-0 with these penalties. Keep in mind that BYU is the most penalized team in the nation. The most penalized team in the nation. BYU's number one. Give it up. Give it up. That's right. (laughs) They have the most penalties on the season in 44 and the most penalty yards in 421. Now, Taysom Hill has 428 yards rushing. BYU has as many penalty yards as Taysom Hill has rushing. <laughs> Taysom may as well just sit down and have a, have a you know, soda pop. Because when he runs, they're bringing it right back with a penalty. That's just, it's crazy. Now, a lot of those penalties are personal fouls. So uh, you, you, can, you can make the case that part of the reason BYU is 4-0 is that they play so aggressively. They hit so hard. And sometimes they play aggressively and hit after the snap and they get in trouble. Well, the, the aggressiveness is nice, but if they want to get to where they want to go, they need to learn to have more discipline. They need to learn to you know, not commit so many penalties. I think Bronco is okay with the kind of penalty that results from super aggressive play, but this is just too much. Yeah, at some point you cross the line from aggressive to stupid, and BYU is straddling that line if they haven't already crossed it at this point. But BYU well, yeah, is... You want to make sure that the other team beat you. You don't right. want to beat yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah, unforced errors for sure. Uh, yet, BYU's 4-0. I think that's the biggest takeaway for me is that BYU found a way to win. They're 4-0, uh, only the eighth time in school history they've done that. Trevor, you were part of two of those teams, 79 your freshman year and, of course, your senior year in 85. At what point uh, during the season did you think, okay, we could go undefeated? Well, that, that, that national championship year – uh, the school year ended in 85 is the 84 season when we beat Pitt in the opener. That's where, that's where we thought, you know, we could, we could run this thing because Pitt was ranked in the top five. After the, the first time. game. Right. And so, I mean, we, we knew that was, that was an obstacle. But when we were on the plane ride home from that game, we're thinking, you know, we're good enough to beat a team ranked in the top five. And we knew we were good. And, you know, then we sort of looked at the rest of the schedule and we sort of indulged ourselves in thinking, you know, we, we could have a special year. But then you rein it back in because fans should be out there looking at the potential for undefeated seasons. That's part of the fun of it. The team, all we think about is what happens next week. But, you know, there was a, there was a moment there on that plane ride back that we all took a breath and said, hey, now that we're through the pit game, we have a chance. Trevor Maddich of ESPN on BYU Sports Nation. We're talking BYU with off to a 4-0 start. So they hold off Virginia. They get outstatted majorly, but still win the game. What does this win do for BYU from a national standpoint? Well, I, it doesn't help them much from a standpoint of style points. But it does help them from a standpoint of, of being 4-0. Because right now, BYU, no matter what they do, will need to have help in order to get up into the New Year's Six Bowls. Even if they finish ranked higher than any group of five school, and the group of five of those not in the Power Five conferences, uh, it won't matter because they're not considered one of the group of five. The way the New Year's Six Bowls are set up is that the the highest ranked of the non-Power Five schools gets an automatic bid. And right now, East Carolina is breathing down their neck. Yes. Uh, they, just, they just got into the polls. They look either good. way, it doesn't matter because BYU is not in that group. So I don't th- it'll be hard for BYU with their schedule to get up into where they would need to be to get an at-large berth. They'd have to probably be in the top eight in order to do that, uh, top ten possibly. 
And so, you know, they, they still will need help. So the win is good because it helps them move up, but the style points aren't there. But I do hope that the, the selection committee, because the selection committee will be the one making those, those bids outside of the contracts and the contract bowls. And if they're smart, if they're paying attention, they'll see that Virginia has – this is the third-ranked team that Virginia's played this year. They beat one of them, Louisville. They lost to UCLA because UCLA had three defensive touchdowns, but they should have beat UCLA. And this is a Virginia team that now has a chance to do, make some noise in their division, the ACC Coastal. And hopefully the selection committee will not look at this as a, a, a win that BYU barely eked out over a weak ACC team. Hopefully they'll pay attention to what Virginia does because I think this is a quality win. So, Trevor, you think a BYU, an undefeated BYU still has a chance to end up in the Miami Beach Bowl? Yes, that's possible. That, that is very possible. And it's, it's not the BYU wouldn't deserve to be playing on New Year's Day. BYU's schedule is, is tough. I mean, it, this is a tough schedule to get through undefeated, really tough. But they won't get, they won't get credit. Right. I mean, Houston is still one of the better teams in the country. And yet, because they lost to Texas San Antonio in the opener, really laid an egg, I don't think BYU will get credit for Houston for that win. Texas is down this year. That's unfortunate. Central Florida returns almost the entire team that beat Baylor in the Fiesta Bowl yet last the, year. Yet they're one and two. Right, and that's the problem. And so the, they won't get credit for beating good teams. And so that, that, that's what I worry about. Trevor, you've mentioned the penalties and obviously the fact that BYU is not going to get maybe the due credit they deserve because of the teams that they have beat thus far. But what ultimately is your number one concern moving forward for this team, if not one of those two things you've already addressed? The only concern I have, other than death, because we saw what happened when Bronson Kafusi wasn't there. I think his absence is one of the also a big reason that BYU's defense couldn't get Virginia's offense off the field. Now, BYU can't afford to lose people. But other than that, it is the penalties. Because BYU is a, is a disciplined team from a standpoint of alignment and assignment. I've been breaking down teams like, like Clemson and South Carolina and you know, teams all over the country for Sports Center. And one of the common themes is that a lot of the big plays that they give up aren't because of a great play by the other team. It's because the defense or the special teams had a busted assignment. And the great example, the best example, is in the opener, Clemson against Georgia. Todd Gurley, the Georgia running back, scored four long touchdowns. And one of them was a 100-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. Where on all four of those long touchdowns by Gurley, it was a missed assignment by Clemson's defense or coverage team that opened the gate. And all Gurley had to do was sprint through it with no opposition in front of him. So Gurley gets all kinds of credit, but really it was missed assignments. BYU is as good as any team in the country of putting a Cougar in front of the opponent. If you want to beat BYU, you have to beat a Cougar who's in the right place, doing the right thing with the right technique, because they just don't mess up. And the penalties are the only thing that, um, that takes away from that discipline. So it's the penalties that, that worry me. Because, once again, BYU, this is a very talented team. But it's a, any team that commits this many penalties opens themselves up to losing games against teams that are not as good as them. 
through four games. Taysman, uh, Taysman, I did it like Michael Lisa did on our show last <laughs> there year. There you go. Taysom Hill in the Heisman conversation, the Taysman. Uh, where do you think he fits in the Heisman conversation right now, Trevor? Uh, you know, I think he, I think he has a very good chance to be in New York. You know, he had a, he had a couple of plays against Virginia. What was that touchdown run to the right side? Yeah, where I, I, he must have broken what four or five tackles, and that's a good defense. That's a good defense. It wasn't like he ran through, you know, a, you know, some little itty bitty school that doesn't have any players. And little sisters of the poor, or whatever. Well, I don't want to denigrate the little sisters of the poor. They they've got some skills too. Ohio State did that but, enough. Yeah, but uh, he but it's recognized. I mean, it's recognized when you, when you walk around ESPN, uh, and I'm about to head down there right now to look at some more tape. People talk about Taysom Hill and about how impressed they are at what he does. I mean, he's he's improving as a passer. He's getting more big plays, putting the ball down the field better uh, this year, and his running is ridiculous. I mean, he's one of the best running backs in the country, and they recognize that. And if they recognize it around here, I'm sure the Heisman voters are paying attention as well. And this is where being independent and having the, the deal with ESPN, the relationship with ESPN to put Taysom on national television in most of his games really helps in that. Now, will he win it? Once again, it goes back to schedule. You know, people will look at the marquee brand-name teams on the schedule and not see enough of them, I think, to give Taysom the benefit of the doubt. But I think it's clear that he deserves consideration. And if the team continues to win, I believe he should be in New York. ESPN college football analyst and BYU national champion Trevor Maddich on BYU Sports Nation. Trevor Taysom was referred to by Max Vallis, one of Virginia's stud linebackers, as the best athlete that guy has ever played against. Those were his words. He played against Jameis Winston. He's played against Brett Hundley. How much do you read into that when you're looking at the Virginia stud linebacker saying that Taysom is the guy that he has played against? I think that's very gracious of him to say. And I will tell you this, that knowing defensive players, they don't throw out compliments lightly. And when they say things like that, they know how it will sound and how it will be taken. And to me, it's, it's the, the best compliment you can get. As an offensive player, it's not something that comes from a commentator or even from your coach or your own teammates, but from your opponents. Because your opponents, they don't know you. They don't like you. They've got no reason to promote you after the game. Before the game, sure, they want to butter you up so everybody thinks that if they beat you, that they beat a great player. But after the game, you know, that's the kind of thing that, uh, that's the kind of thing that is, you know, one of the greatest compliments you can get. I mean, the best compliment I ever got was in the NFL, uh, and it was from an opponent who didn't say a word. Actually, no, he did say a word. This was where I was playing left tackle for the Colts. Uh, I was practicing inside at center and guard, and our left tackle got hurt, so I had to move outside. And most of the time I had to play against Bruce Smith, Hall of Famer. No. Well, every once in a while, uh, Cornelius Bennett would come over there, who's just a, uh, just a pro bowler. But not a Hall of Famer, right? At least I don't think so. Just a pro. And he, he came over there, and that was like a, it was like a breath of fresh air when Bruce Smith went away. It was just a pro bowler <laughs> instead of a Hall of Famer at the block, right? Well, he came over there on second and long and then third and long. And he thought he was going to uh, have it easy because, you know, I, I wasn't used to playing left tackle at that time. At least I wasn't practicing out there. And the first time he rushed against me, I just totally stoned him, right? And he was embarrassed by it. I could tell. He was mad about it. So now, but now it's third and long. It was incomplete. So I come back up to the line for third down, 
and he actually was already in his stance as I was approaching the line, digging his feet into the ground. I thought that was odd because it was artificial turf. But anyway, <laughs> he did it. And I, on that snap, I stoned him again. And he looked at me and said, nice job, and walked away. And that was the nicest compliment, just that, right there, from that opponent. Because for him to say that to me and acknowledge that I whipped him twice was just awesome. And so Taysom, getting that kind of, of compliment, that kind of recognition from opponent, I think says more than anything that could be written or anything that could be said in the media. Well, Trevor, great stuff as always, and nice job. <laughs> All right, thanks, man. We'll see you, Trevor. Nicely done. <laughs> that is... Nice job. That's nicely done, Jerem. Nice job. He he even he said nice job to you in a way. Oof. No, I'm just kidding. Bye week. Bye week for BYU. There are no bye weeks for Trevor Maddich. You gotta love Trevor Maddich, uh, his perspective though. ESPN guy, BYU guy, and a guy that's gone undefeated. He's got it all. What's your biggest takeaway from the BYU Virginia game? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Up next on the show, our top five. Non P5 rankings. Where do the Cougars sit? <laughs> Rise and shout, Cougar fans. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. And I quote He has a great chance to be in New York. He's one of the best running backs in the country. End quote. Trevor Maddox just joined us on BYU Sports Nation, speaking of BYU quarterback Taysom Hill. 428 rushing yards for the junior signal caller. BYU 4-0 for just the eighth time in program history. Welcome back to the show. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision on BYU Radio and BYU TV. One lucky fan's going to win a trip for two to the 2014 Miami Beach Bowl or whatever bowl game BYU's in. People have been asking that question. With our BYU Sports Nation Take Your Fandom to South Beach contest, all you have to do is follow at BYU Sports Nation, coming up on 5,500 followers, by the way. Awesome. On Twitter. And then post a tweet using the hashtag BYUSN Miami. One word. The contest ends October 4th. You don't have much time. No, hurry. Recapping today's trending topics. How about the fact that BYU is 4-0? Wait, what? They were outstatted super hard, except for in two categories. Turnovers. Well, three, actually. Special teams. And on the scoreboard. Yeah, that's good. Find a way to win. That's what good teams do. We should mention this, and we haven't. Dennis Pitta. Oh, bad news for the Ravens tight end, former BYU Cougar. Dislocated hip, the same hip that he dislocated last season. Uh, possible fracture. They're still mm. looking into it today. It's a concern uh, because it was It's really a concern yes, because this, it was a non-contact This play. could be a career-ending injury. Hopefully not for Dennis. He, uh, he came back last year and actually got back into the season. They thought he was out for the year. So best of luck to Dennis as he recovers. Yeah, absolutely. Also, can the Detroit Lions speed up uh, Kyle Van Noy's recovery process? Because there is a linebacking need right Steven now. Steven Tulloch injured his ACL yesterday celebrating a sack. Oh. <laughs> he what? ends up tearing it. Wow. In the name of Grammatica was that guy thinking? Yeah. Hey, other trending topics. Women's volleyball. I don't know if you heard this or called the game. Yep. BYU and swept yep. Utah in three sets on Friday. They won the third set 25-7. 25-7. Alexa Gray oh, man. had a coming-out party like no other. Yeah. I mean, she had She's been, good. She's she really was, good. She was struggling early, and then Utah. So, wait, so you did see the game? Yes, I, I was there. Oh, you called it. Oh, 
Women's soccer also uh, beat Colorado College 4-0 on Saturday. They've won three in a row. Awesome. At Denver Thursday. They lost three in a row. Now they've won three in a row, so the BYU women's soccer team also finding the mojo. It was a good weekend for BYU athletics as a whole. Oh, yeah. With volleyball, soccer winning twice. Listen, they sportsed so hard. They did, they really did. They <laughs> Do you even sports, bro? Do you even sports? You know what we should do right now? Yes. It's the top five non-P5 power rankings on BYU Sports Nation. I feel like we should, like, we should be on the beach or something. Captain Geach and his trip check shooters, man, every time. <laughs> Tweet me if you know that reference. The top five non-power five rankings exclusive to BYU Sports Nation. Let's start it off from the bottom. Number five. <laughs> I'll do it. Number five, Boise State. Three and one. The Broncos, they beat Louisiana Lafayette handily. Fighting Lafayettes. The Raging Cajun, right? That is right. The Raging nice. Cajuns. BYU now has Boise State on the schedule. There, there, there is potential for the Broncos to be six and one. That's what BYU needs to happen. Absolutely. At Harper underscore Inc., he got my reference. That thing you do. <laughs> Boise State, shaping up to be much better. Lost to a good team in Ole Miss, like you mentioned. Number five, Broncos. Who's up next? Cincinnati Bearcats. The number four Cincinnati Bearcats at 2-0. and oh. They looked amazing in That's their opener cat. against Toledo. They struggled with Miami of Ohio, only won by seven. Yeah, wait a minute. Style points. Where were they? We'll find out a lot about Cincinnati when they go to the horseshoe at Ohio State Number this 22. Saturday. Root for Cincinnati. Root for Boise State. BYU's likely bowl opponent if they're not in a New Year's Six. Number three. We are Marshall. 4-0. Rakeem Cato is dominating lesser opponents. No surprise. They, they beat I mean, the LeBron just, Jameses. Yes, Akron. they handled Akron. It was not close. They're on a bye week, just like BYU, number three. Now to number two. ECU. The East Carolina Pirates. Hashtag beware the Pirates. Arr. They dropped Shane a Carton. They dropped a 70 spot on North Carolina. They've won four games in a row against the ACC, and all of them have been in really convincing fashion. Their one loss is at South Carolina by a touchdown. Now the old ball coach, Steve Spurrier, says South Carolina ain't no good. But that's a 3-1 SEC team. I don't care what he says. So East Carolina is looking good. East Carolina is putting the pressure on BYU. If BYU loses, East Carolina keeps winning. They're going to pass BYU as the best non-P5. Now the group of five leader, it's East Carolina. Everybody has them projected now as a New Year's Six team as the group of five. the best group of five team, the highest ranked group of five team, gets an auto bid to the New Year's Six. Right now, that's East Carolina. And number one. BYU. Oh, yeah, BYU holding its spot. 4 0. They beat Virginia 41 33, and now they have a bye week, a much needed bye week before Utah State on Friday night, October 3rd. It's a good thing that no one has the initials BYE because then they would be mistaken as like the team that many teams play every week. <laughs> Who's this BYE? Brigham team? Young East. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's Southern Virginia. <laughs> Right? It really is in a way. <laughs> the Cougars number one for the third consecutive week in our top five non-P5. But watch out for East Carolina. I mean, they, they're going to blow away SMU this weekend, by the way. Listen, SMU is horrible. They're pirates. Just be careful. They pitch just for fun. Yes. Yes, they do. NFL films. I love it. Others, yeah, Nevada, Memphis. There's not a lot of strong non-P5s like in your years past because they're in the P5s. 
Watch out for, for Central Florida. You know, they lost two games early, but... they hey, Listen, they hammered Bethune-Cookman. I think they're back. Also being considered for our top five non-P5, Indiana. Oh, oh wait, what? <laughs> and oh, per- they're a power five school, actually. They, they beat Missouri. They're just a five school. There's no power there. <laughs> just five. What's your biggest takeaway from Same BYU's win over Virginia? Let's go to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. At C-O-T underscore BYU football. Defense needs to focus on tackling better and not causing personal fouls. There's another penalty reference. The special teams and offense were great. You know what? The offense was was pretty good. They just didn't have the ball that much. I would say they were great with as many plays as they ran. A lot of people are saying, hey, why did Jamal only Jamal Williams only have 13 carries? Because BYU only ran 62 plays, essentially <laughs> 60 before they kneel it out at the end. Jamal Williams had 21% of the touches. Yeah. Guess what? If they run 100 plays, that means Jamal's getting 21 carries, which I'm great. Great. He needs to touch the ball 20 plus times a game. It, it, but even in that moment, Taysom Hill's making that call. It's not like it's just handed off to him and see what happens. It's like, read the play first. And thus far, are you going to argue with how Taysom Hill has read the defense? No. On the spread option? Not really, no. Exactly. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we dive into how BYU got to 4-0 a little bit more. This is BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. It is a Monday. A bye week, yes, but still a celebratory Monday. BYU knocks off Virginia 4-0 for the eighth time in program history. Tuesday night, tomorrow, 8 Eastern time, after further review, is on BYU TV. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, Brian Logan, David Nixon... I want to say David Logan and Brian Nixon. Yeah. <laughs> Break down the game. Uh, BYU and Virginia. What did BYU do well? What, where can they get better? And look ahead to Utah State. Tuesday, 8 Eastern, after further review on BYU TV. I can see it now. Uh, at Bridger Hill, one of our uh, Twitter superstars. Mm-hmm. He's, he's going to Photoshop David Nixon's face over Brian Logan. And yes, Brian he is. Logan. Yeah, that's, of course. That, that's going to yeah, happen. That will happen. <laughs> because you it's said a, that. That's about to happen. Yeah. <laughs> our trending topic today. BYU finding a way to win. And I just got this tweet in from at Aerobic Gym. You guys need to give Scott Arlano some love. His kicks helped out immensely. He was the first person we brought up on the show. Yeah, we did. He was our game changer on the BYU TV Sports post game. What else could we do? Yeah, he was great. He was was fantastic, though. So I know that that's for you at Aerobic Gym. Scott Arlano. Gym must work out. Bringing it on, on Saturday and a win over Virginia. What's your biggest takeaway from BYU's win over Virginia? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Joining BYU Sports Nation right now, a man who caught a 50-yard touchdown pass from Taysom Hill on Saturday, Mitchell Jurgens. Mitchell, are you still breathing heavily from the run? <laughs> uh, I think I've calmed down since then, but, uh, but man, that was a thrill. That's for sure. What was going through your mind as the ball's coming your way and you realize, you know what, I'm probably going to score on this play if I don't drive it. <laughs> you know, well, the first thing that was going through my mind was don't drop the ball. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I just caught it, turned, and saw open field and realized I could score, so I just ran as fast as I could. And I, you could say emotions were pretty high. Yeah, I was going to say, describe the moment you realize, hey, I just scored my first career touchdown at BYU. <laughs> well, uh, so with 65,000 fans going crazy and, uh, you know, realizing – they're going crazy because I just scored. I think emotions got the best of me, and I was, I mean, pure excitement and joy, that's for sure. Mitchell Jurgens with us on BYU Sports Nation. 
Uh, what was your what's your role in that play? I know it's the scramble drill, but how how do you know which receiver is supposed to go where during the scramble drill? Mm-hmm. So so that's actually a drill we practice um, every single day, and that we've hit so hard uh, this fall as as an offense is working on where to go in scramble drill, knowing what our individual responsibility is. And uh, so on that play, it was it was a third and medium, so about third and six, and. And so I had just a, kind of a crossing route, so I was shallow. And when I'm shallow and I see Taysom roll out and, and start to scramble, if you're shallow, you're taught to just completely book it up the field. And if you're deep, you come down. So I was shallow, and you know I saw Taysom roll out, and so my job was just to get up the field as fast as I could. And so when I did and turned uh, to look for Taysom, he saw me and, and threw it to me. So it was, it was pretty cool. Now, is this uh... – how do we know this isn't Garrett, your twin brother, the DB? How do we know that? You know, uh, you'll never know. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, we, never, you never, like, pulled a switcherooski in dating, have you? Uh, dating, no, no. <laughs> uh, he, he's, so, yeah, we, we've never done that, but uh, we, we definitely could. It, uh, it causes some confusion. So. Okay, you say in dating, no, but that, <laughs> that leads us to believe you've pulled the switcherooski somewhere else. Uh, you know, we, we honestly haven't, haven't done it that often. I mean, uh, we'll, that play, often? we'll play maybe, you know, with some of our friends, uh, <laughs> just kind of just mess with them, uh, but not, nothing big. We'll, we usually, uh, you know, um, don't do the switcheroo on something, on big issues <laughs> like that. Mitchell Jurgens is on BYU Sports Nation. Do you go by Mitch or Mitchell? Um, you know, I get both. Uh, what do you want? Mitch, Mitchell. Uh, I like Mitch, yeah. Mitch, okay, Mitch Jurgens. I noticed on the Taysom Hill, I'm Stronger Than You play, uh, that you thought that high snap had gone over his head. I saw you look around and turn around. Describe what happened on that play. Yeah, so, so I was going in motion, and um, I, I usually don't look at the ball. And then so right when the snap came, my, I, the corner of my eye caught the ball, and, and it was a high snap, and he, was, he caught it behind his head. So immediately, you know, that's, that's when my – I caught the ball, so I thought it was behind his head. And so just in case, you know, I was yeah. going to turn around and see if the ball got past him so I could maybe jump on it or pick it up and maybe try and get some yards out of it. And when I realized he caught it, I was like, man, I feel like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so I just kind of turned around and, and, uh, and uh, yeah, tried to get upfield. Uh, and then but you, yeah. well, but Anthony Harris had the best view of Taysom Hill's touchdown, but you had the second best view. Yeah, yeah. So I, I managed to get in the end zone when when Taysom did, and uh, and be right there to celebrate with him. So that was good. Mitchell Jorgens on BYU Sports Nation wide receiver had two catches for fifty three yards and that electrifying touchdown in the second half. There's been so much talk about the penalties twelve for one hundred thirty three yards. How many times since the game ended have you heard the word penalties? And we need to work on that from your coaches. Um, you know, we always have things coming away from even a win uh, as a team you, you need to work on things and and obviously that's something that uh, we you know as a team we've stressed and um, just being more disciplined and you know we know that we need to be more disciplined and because it's a thing that can be costly in, in some games um, so you know as, a, as an offense uh, we're all you know motivated and dedicated to, to clean up the unnecessary penalties and the uh, um, and, and, yeah, so we can just be more explosive and electrifying as an offense. You've come on the scene this season. What's your story? How would you get to BYU? Um, so as a kid, I've, it was my dream to uh, play at BYU. Um, I, I've always loved sports. I loved football. And uh, BYU was, was my dream school. And so I just 
you know, coming out of high school, didn't get too many, um, actually any D1 offers. And so, you know, I knew that walking on was, was the only way. So I uh, walked on um, before my mission and I actually had to walk on when I got back as well. And so just since then, you know, I, my effort, uh, I, I always knew that I, I could make it, but I just had to prove it. And so, um, you know, I just came out and worked every single day as hard as I could. And, you know, luckily I've been given the opportunity to, to make some plays and be a contributor on this offense. So are you on scholarship now or not yet? No, I'm not. I, I'm okay. still a walk-on. Gotcha. What's the most difficult part about being in that position for you, Mitchell? Um, he goes by Mitch. Oh, right. sorry, Mitch. Yeah, he goes by Mitch. Or how about we just call you Money? <laughs> <laughs> call, call me Money. Yeah, call me whatever you want. That's good. <laughs> um, you know, the most difficult thing is, um, you know, I, I really don't know how to answer that question. Um, I, I just look at being here at BYU as such a blessing mm. and, uh you know, obviously challenging. Um, you know, I, I push myself to, I want to be better. I want to be um, the best that I can personally be. And and so I love, you know, having, you know, being a walk-on, um, things are clearly not just given to me. So, you know, I need to earn my way onto everything. And, and so that's where my hard work and, and dedication has kind of uh, come into play. I have a student who works for me named Matt Hume. He is your home teaching companion. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Matthew Hume. Um, <laughs> I, we actually we actually just got new assignments, so he's, he's technically not my companion anymore. Oh, oh. No. <laughs> Every time you came up and for any reason, I'd be like, "Hey, Matt, your home teacher companion. You just got a you just got a touchdown. Did you see that? You guys going this month? <laughs> okay, so the switcherooski. Never mind. Yeah, we just we just got the switcherooski a little while ago. So <laughs> that's an only at BYU question, by the way. Maybe BYU Idaho, BYU Hawaii. Uh, when you look at this team, four and zero. Uh, do you guys feel pressure to win with style points to kind of maximize your opportunity in front of people that may not watch the game but look at the box score? Um, you know, I mean, you, we always want to we always want to win big. I mean, that that'd be uh, you know, it's a lot more you could say less stressful <laughs> during the game. Um, but um, you know, as an offense, we just we just want to put as many points on the board as we can, and, and we trust our defense to come out and make stops. And and we know that you know, being four and zero, it's 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 a huge advantage. And but we can we can take one game at a time. And so this next game against Utah State, we've got two weeks to prepare. And and you know, the offense we're going to work on, you know, putting as many points on the board. And I know the defense is going to work on, you know, shutting them down. So you know, having those big wins. Um, is going to be key, and, and that's, yeah, that's a, that's a big goal we have. Mitch, Mitchell, Money, Jurgens on BYU Sports Nation, all three. Do you have a Twitter account? I do not. I do not have a Twitter. It's time. <laughs> yes, it is, it is time. <laughs> it's time for you to do that so that the girlfriend request can start to come in, Mitchell. <laughs> sounds good. It's, uh, it sounds, sounds like a deal. I think the iron's hot right now after the touchdown, too, so let's go. <laughs> Congratulations on a 4-0 start. Uh, we appreciate the time. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, thank you very much. During fall camp, we were like, which one's Garrett, which, which one's with? Mitchell? So we go, money, offense, Mitchell. Okay, Mitch. So that's, a, that's how we tried to figure out the difference. And now it's Mitchell, money, Jurgens. Now it's M- Mitch. It's Mitch. He just said it. Mitch. Yeah. It's Mitch. Whatever, okay? <laughs> no, not whatever. Just he just leave said it, it's just Mitch. leave it alone, Jerem. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, the Cougar Whip Around. Plus, who gets today's rise and shout? This is BYU Sports Nation. Hashtag home teaching. Mitchell. Mitch.
BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Welcome back. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Studio B on a Monday. You know what time it is? Yes, I do. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. After a 41-33 BYU win over Virginia Saturday, Taysom Heil is the Independent Offensive Player of the Week for the fourth straight week. Scott Arellano is the Special Teams Player of the Week after five punts for an average of 55 yards. Was Adam Hine Cougars in that discussion? In the NFL. Baltimore Ravens tight end Dennis Pitta suffered a dislocated hip yesterday on a non-contact play against the Cleveland Browns. Tough, tough news. This is the same hip he injured last season, which limited him to four games in 2013. We wish the best for Dennis. Women's volleyball. Number 12 BYU swept Utah in three Friday, including a 25-7 win in set three. This week, the Cougars begin WCC play with both matches live on BYU TV starting Thursday at 9 Eastern against Gonzaga. Soccer. BYU taking down Colorado College on Saturday night 4-0. They've won three in a row, two wins for the ladies last week as they begin their ascent again to the top 25. They're at Denver this Thursday. Golf. The men's team kicks off the fall season at the Husky Invitational in Bremerton, Washington today and tomorrow. The women's team also in Washington, Pullman, today and tomorrow in a 10-team competition that began this morning and continues through tomorrow. Later this week, Blaine Fowler, BYU TV Duel Threat Analyst, and Michael Elisa, BYU Football All Access with the Linebacker. Today's Rise and Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. And it goes, Aerobic Jim will be happy about this, to Scott Arlotto. Yeah, Game Changer Saturday. He was great. He was fantastic along, what, 64? 65, I think. 65? Yeah. Wow. I think it was 64 and that his career long is 65. Oh, that's right. He averaged 55 a punt. I mean, That's pretty good. Where I come from, we punted a lot, and that was really good. Field position battle is so crucial. Hey, thanks to Trevor Maddich, Garrett Jurgens. Nope, Mitchell Jurgens. Yep, Mitch Jurgens. <laughs> and everyone on our group, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation. Here, your computer died. Read off mine. That's funny. The show on demand on BYUSportsNation.com and on BYUTV.org slash DVR. I don't need a computer. For Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to Drew Miller. Yeah. We're back to work tomorrow in Radio Vision at noon Eastern. Mitch. Mitchell. Sports. Money. Sportsing?